What's up, you guys? I'm Anya. And I'm Kylie. And this is Two Degrees Hotter, the postgrad podcast where we get real about life after college every Tuesday. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Two Degrees Hotter. How are we this week? Yes. Hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday. So this week, we are bringing a topic that we wanted to cover because it was mentioned so much in our listener goals episode. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, we released an episode a little while ago, reading off all of our listeners goals for 2021. And something that kept coming up and was really top of mind for you guys was self care. Yes, which obviously we loved seeing all the self care because I think Anya and I are big proponents of self-care but we wanted to bring you an episode to kind of show you what we consider to be self-care um and just give you some tips and tricks for ways that you can take care of yourself and also show you ways you may already be taking care of yourself and you just didn't think to classify it as self-care so that you can continue to do it yeah I think this is um the main thing that I want to get across in this episode is that self-care doesn't have to be glamorous or aesthetic or like a face mask in the tub with a glass of wine it really can be whatever to you feels the most like you're taking care of yourself and we'll get into that I don't want to spoil the main content here but yeah we're basically just going to talk over if self-care is just a trend ways that we think about it ways that it can be different from person to person and how to recognize self-care as a priority and make time for it in your life that's what we got for you today um I also during this intro wanted to shout out our friend Emily Shaw, Emily Reyna, you may know her as. So we did an episode with her a couple, I was going to say weeks ago, but it's been like a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's been a couple months. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she is our good friend and she is the one that went super viral on TikTok for her interior design and that's now her career. Um, and she did us a huge favor this past weekend by helping us get some new picks for the podcast. Yeah, she was very, very kind, you know, gave her time and her beautiful apartment for us to take photos in. So if you've been seeing them on the feed, definitely give her a shout out. Let her know that she's amazing and awesome. And yeah, thanks, Emily, so much. Yeah. And with that said, let's get into our segment, starting with the week in review. So for my week in review, I wanted to cover something a bit atypical for this podcast, but it's something that's been on my mind this week, and I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about it, but I mentioned it to Kylie, and she thought it was a good idea. I want to talk about true crime as a form of entertainment and why I really don't agree with it, and if you're listening and you're really into true crime or like true crime podcasts or you find that like genre really entertaining, I just kind of... I don't want to like scold you. I don't want to make you feel bad or anything. I just kind of want to talk about like my perspective and why I don't super agree with it as a genre of entertainment. So basically, I won't get too into it, but I am someone that has faced past trauma due to something that could very well be a true crime topic. And whenever I think about this idea that there are people whose careers and jobs it is to basically like retell these stories in an often not super respectful way and they profit off of it and that's their job I just find it really like disturbing (laughs) um because you know these are real people that these stories are you know if it's a murder or rape like whatever it is these are like real human beings who were 
greatly affected by this and whose families were greatly affected by this and who probably like still live with the trauma of whatever they went through. And I know that a lot of the time, true crime podcasts and shows and whatever else there is, like they don't often get full consent of the families of the people whose stories they tell or just like whatever it may be. They don't really, they don't tell it in a way to like get awareness for the most part. They tell it in a way that it's a mystery and it's something for the listeners to like, oh, hypothesize, like what happened? And I just, I don't know, it's just not right to me. Um, And I know that I'm coming at it from like a really unique perspective. So this is probably something that a lot of people have like never even thought about. But I just kind of wanted to bring that up and I don't know, bring it up as like a topic of conversation and maybe something to reflect on for yourself. If you're someone that really likes true crime, I just, it doesn't sit right with me. And I wanted to, I wanted to put it out there. (laughs) Well, first I want to say that Um, We were talking about the true crime stuff before we recorded and I know I've never been super into true crime just because like there was this weird awareness of like these are people's families that like are just being exploited so I feel like it's it's interesting to hear your perspective as someone who has it a bit um, closer to them because I think like you were saying you know it's easy for us to really distance ourselves from the fact that these are like real human beings so just like food for thought something to think about you know. Yeah, exactly. And I that's the word I was looking for, like, exploited. I feel like that's a good way to describe yeah. how I feel about it. Um, but yeah, food for thought. Let me know. Slide into my DMs with, with your thoughts. I'm curious. Yeah. I've never been into it anyway, but I think that's, like, the core reason why I've never – it's never sat right with me. Yeah, checks out. Um, for my week in review, I kind of have two things that I wanted to talk about, and they are not related to each other at all. But the first is – learning to forgive myself for not always working out and eating right. So as you guys know, I like wouldn't shut up over the past couple months about the ding dang Peloton. And I did truly love it, but I've just been, you know, school's gotten a little busy and I've found that I haven't been like reaching for it as much. I'm just kind of in like a lull, like a workout lull overall, which I feel like is normal. Like I feel like most people go through phases where like they're super, super into like working out or doing a specific activity and then they kind of fall off of it a little bit and they get super into it again. Um, But yeah, it just kind of, I feel like I get really down on myself and harsh myself where I'm like, I have to work out and like, I have to be eating right and moving my body. Like it's going to help me. It's going to help me feel less stressed. It's going to help me feel better about myself, all this stuff. But I was talking to my therapist about it and she was like, well, Kylie, You're not like not able to get out of bed or you're not, you know, like not interested in anything that like brought you joy or anything like that. Like you just don't want to spend your free time working out right now. She was like, you see other things that like are drawing your attention more than working out. And she was like, that's okay. Like you don't need to be perfect all the time. You you don't need to have your free time look the same way because then it turns into you're just forcing yourself to do this because you think it's the right thing to do. And is that really free time? I was like, sister, (laughs) I see what you're saying to me. So yeah, I feel like it's something to bring up just because I feel like a lot of us, if we like fall out of a workout routine or like aren't super, super active at some point in our lives, we like beat ourselves up and we think like, why can't I be that girl that like wakes up and does a workout every single day at 530 in the morning, blah, 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 blah. But the reality is, is not everyone's like that. Sometimes you just want to spend your free time watching Netflix or working on a podcast or like a passion project or something like that or yeah just doing other things so it's okay to not prioritize working out all of the time it's obviously okay not to eat right all the time like no one eats perfect 
100% of the time. That's just not how life works. Sometimes you just want some chocolate. Easter's coming up probably when this episode comes out. Eat the dang chocolate. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I've been working on kind of changing my inner dialogue to be like, you're not failing or you're not like not taking care of yourself because you're not prioritizing working out right now at this moment in time. I don't know if that makes any sense or is it all relatable, but that's what I've been going through. No, I think that definitely makes sense, especially the part where if you have something that's like so embedded in your routine and feels like such an obligation, then it like really isn't free time anymore. Yeah, (laughs) legit. Yeah. And then it's no fun. Like anything that you have to do, you very rarely find fun or enjoyable or nine out of 10 times or something that you would rather do than the thing that you have to do. So I'm going to give myself a break. And when it's something that I want to do, it's something that I will do. That's tea on that. And then my other sort of week in review is we've been working on oral arguments. So at the time that we're recording this episode, I had what's called a status conference with my professor for my writing class, my legal writing class, who my professor this semester, she gives off like, I am an accomplished and well-respected woman, which is like, awesome. I'm like, you are like the epitome of everything that I want to be. But she's also scary. Because like, she doesn't take any shit. She like knows that she knows what she's doing. And she expects us all to like be in high gear because that's what she was doing in law school. Which is scary. So when I had to argue in front of this woman, I um, was nervous. And also, I feel like any law student or any grad student or student can relate that like, you never feel like you know what you're doing. And especially with like, legal research. I'm like, what if my argument is just like complete and utter trash? And she tells me that like, I would never win on this argument in court. Like, that's not going to be a fun time. But I had my conference and I argued uh, for anyone curious, my persuasive memo this semester is on a motion for summary judgment. I don't know if that means anything to anyone else, but what do you, I got a comment on Instagram where someone was like, oh, mine's like on a motion to, I don't remember what it was, but do this. And I was like, oh, motion for summary judgment over here trying to get that shit denied. Um, but yeah, so did it went well. She, I was with my opposing counsel, which was just another student who was assigned to the defendant while I'm assigned to the plaintiff. And our professor said something along the lines of, you know, you guys really set the bar high for your classmates that like are going to follow this conference. And like I said, I don't think this woman just like says that, like, I think she only, you know, will compliment you when she means it. So Guess I'm going to be a good lawyer. Who knew? Who knew? (laughs) Not me. So yeah, now I'm working on, you know, writing out the argument, which is a whole other beast, but that's kind of where I'm at. I feel like it was the first time that I was like, oh, this is like what real lawyers do. Like they Mm -hmm. really show up and like have to tell you where they think their case is at with the case law that they're given and how they're going to spin this argument so that they can win. And this is, yeah, this is the first time that I've done that and not looked at the law super objectively so yeah I feel like this isn't super similar but I always like think of when you would get assigned to like have a specific view whether it was in like Mm -hmm. a debate in class or something and I feel like it's always so hard like putting yourself in like forcing yourself into like a school of thought if that's not like maybe how you feel or whatever like I remember one time in AP Gov we live in New Hampshire you guys know and we were seniors in high school during the 2015 primary and mm-hmm. um, we were assigned candidates and basically we had to like campaign on behalf of them to show the rest of the school like what a caucus was. And I was give- I'm not going to say who it was, but I was given a candidate that I really didn't agree with. It wasn't Trump though. 
Um, <laughs> we would say that. It was really hard. Yeah. And it was hard because I had to go to his campaign office, his, that's a hint, I guess, um, <laughs> and get like stickers to hand out at the like fake caucus, like the mock caucus. And they were like so thrilled to see me. And it was, it was just a thing. So Anyway, you were like, I, I am not voting for you in the slightest. Legit. I, you know. I was like, please help. I had to drive to like Manchester and get the, like to their like main campaign office and get like materials. And I was like, I hate my life. Help. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't you'll even support have, this person. You'll have to tell me off recording who it was because <laughs> I'm so curious. But yeah, honestly, <laughs> that is a good example. <laughs> okay, let's move into our favorites. So this is a funny week of favorites because it's sort of coconut themed, like coincidentally. (laughs) So I wrote down two coconut related favorites and then Kylie also wrote down a coconut related favorite after seeing mine. I just, I love coconut, like coconut's my favorite dessert flavor. I asked for a coconut cake for my birthday. I love coconut. It's like my favorite, favorite sweet flavor. So um, the one that I was going to mention or the two that I was going to mention, first being Dunk's new toasted coconut swirl so dunks being dunkin donuts or maybe just dunkin now i think they've rebranded um has always had a coconut shot for their coffees which is like the unsweetened one and i would do that with the caramel sometimes and it would kind of be like a samoa vibe but they just came out with toasted coconut swirl and let me tell you the game has changed. The shot just doesn't compare. It's so good. I actually got it this weekend and we had our photo shoot and then I dropped the entire coffee. Kylie can attest. It was really, really sad. It was really sad. Um, but that was one thing. And then the second coconut related thing that I wanted to include is Trader Joe's coconut granola. I feel like, I don't know if this was like um, a seasonal item or something, but I feel like I had never seen it before because I totally would have hopped on this earlier. But I recently got the Trader Joe's coconut granola and it is so good because it like it not only has coconut pieces in it, but it just like overall tastes a lot like coconut. So I've been enjoying that with my yogurt and berries. Big fan. Those are my coconut wrecks. I hope you guys like coconut because otherwise this favorite is like totally at a loss. Yeah, well, I agree. I hope you like coconut because I'm coming at you with the coconut. (laughs) Um... My favorite is the Unreal Dark Chocolate Coconut Bars. Unreal is like, un- I think it's in like the same category as Smart Sweets, where it's like candy, but supposed to be like a little less sugar. As I was saying, I haven't been doing a great job of eating right, and I'm not trying to get diabetes over here, but I love my sweets. So I decided to try these, and they're honestly so good. I really like dark chocolate. I prefer dark chocolate to milk chocolate. I know that's like an unpopular opinion. But I just really enjoy the taste of dark chocolate. And then I agree, coconut is one of the best dessert flavors in the game. And I know it's that's also pretty controversial. I feel like you either love or hate coconut. But a dark chocolate almond joy. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> um, so yeah, so if you're looking for if you like coconut, like dark chocolate, and you're looking for kind of a lower sugar sweet, because I'm a big believer in dessert, then definitely check those out because they're really good. And my other favorite is just having fresh flowers. So my dad, the sweetheart that he is, got me roses for Valentine's Day. And ever since then, I like put them on my desk and I just loved having like a bouquet of roses where I was working. Yeah, Anya's pointing to her flowers on her desk. Um, So 
I really love just like the look of them. So I've been keeping up with it. And I I mean, I'm not getting like incredible flowers. I'm getting like Trader Joe's $7 bouquet flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really like it. I think if you're working from home or spending a lot of time at a desk studying, uh, it's really nice to have just some just some some life at your desk, yeah. you know? I totally agree. I've always been in the train of like fresh flowers. My family in general is just like that. Like every Same. time my mom went shopping, she would always get a bouquet for like the kitchen and whatever. So mm-hmm. I feel like I've always been in that habit. And I even did that like at my apartment too. I would sometimes get flowers for the kitchen. So I agree. I'm a big fan. It's just nice. And it's a cute Zoom background. Like I've had a couple people bring up these tulips behind me and they're like, those are so nice. So I think people like it too. All right. Let's move into our main episode topic, self-care. I guess to kick off this episode, obviously self-care has been very trendy these past couple of years. I feel like especially with like the popularity of TikTok and stuff like that, uh, there is so much content out there about self-care now. And yeah, Kylie, do you think it's a trend? Like, how do you feel about it in that way? Um, I, I hope it's not a trend. I hope that it's something that like stays. I think it did kind of rise to popularity in the same way that a trend does where all of a sudden overnight it felt like everyone was like I need to buy sheet masks and like paint my nails Mm -hmm. on Friday nights um but in so I think the more glamorized version of self-care is what's trendy and I think our goal here and what I'm hoping this evolves into especially with TikTok especially with the pandemic and um sort of mental health being a bit more in the dialogue that other forms of self-care and just like overall self-care becomes a common practice. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I really feel like the self-care that's been trending as of late is really like the aesthetic, the ordinary serums, the pretty baths, like the pretty face rollers. And like, that's been a lot of what people consider to be self-care. But I think exactly to your point, what we want to do is talk about other things that are self-care that might just look different and ways you can incorporate self-care in ways that aren't just so like aesthetic. So um, to kick it off, I thought I would include an official definition because we're scholarly here on Two Degrees Hotter. So according to the Oxford Dictionary, self-care is defined as the practice of taking an active role in protecting one's own well-being and happiness, in particular during periods of stress. I like the use of the word protecting. That's like a very yeah. interesting word to use. That's true. I like that it's like she protect, you know, like yeah. guarded. You're protecting yourself. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Spicy way to start off. Um, <laughs> so some other ways to think about uh, self-care, it really is just recognizing the importance of the relationship you have with yourself and prioritizing it and doing the things that make you feel more like yourself. So we'll get into it, but maybe wearing or putting on a mask and drawing a bath doesn't make you feel like yourself. Don't you worry. There's other ways to take care of yourself. So ways that self-care can look different from person to person. It can feel like this nebulous abstract thing. So we want to talk through examples of different ways that self-care can look for different people because no one person's the same. Some something that you may find super relaxing, another person may find super stressful. I know I've learned, like, I'm not a puzzle person, for example. Mm. I find them stressful. That might be mm-hmm. your jam. So we're just going to kind of parse through different ways that you can take care of yourself, and hopefully you have something to take away to spend some more me time. Yes. And again, just like reframing the conversation around self-care to encompass things that you might not traditionally think of. So 
Um, we have this broken up into about five categories. I did find this through like some official forum of like school of thought around self-care, these categories. Um, so we'll start with like physical self-care. So what you might think of as physical self-care could include getting enough sleep, getting a workout in, eating healthy, making sure you're nourishing your body, getting fresh air, taking rest days from working out, and, you know, skincare, makeup, baths, doing your hair, if that's your thing. But it doesn't have to be your thing. Your thing could be going for a walk. Maybe that's how you take care of yourself. Your thing could be sleeping 10 hours on a Saturday. Like, it's so different from person to person. Yeah, for sure. And I think you make a good point that, like, Physical self-care, I feel like, is what's kind of really pushed and glamorized right now. But we have four other categories to get through, so it's not the only one. Um, next, we have social self-care, which is spending enough time with family and friends. I know that can kind of seem a little, like, tongue-in-cheek, considering we're in a pandemic and you're probably spending enough time with your family, but <laughs> there will come a time when life is <laughs> back to normal. <laughs> enough time, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, Letting yourself recharge through alone time, one of my personal favorites, setting boundaries when you need them, and limiting social media using to what feels right for you, which is something I know I could definitely work on. Social self-care is probably the one that like didn't immediately come to mind for me when I was like brainstorming what self-care could look like. Like I when I saw the category, I was like, oh, that makes sense. But I never really thought of it that way of like hanging out with your friends is self-care but I think it it is really true like sometimes you just have to like get Starbucks and go to Target with your friend and then you feel so much better (laughs) this is another thing that got brought up in therapy for me my therapist Mm. mentioned this and I was like sister you're just giving me an excuse saying out with my friends incredible (laughs) so what did she say I was basically just saying how I like was really missing my friends particularly my college friends who I haven't been able to see as often and in a little bit of time now I'm like, Kylie, I'm right here. (laughs) Yeah, no, I literally, when we're recording this, I saw Anya like two days ago. I'm not talking about Anya. Um, But yeah, my friends that live a bit of a distance away, I was particularly missing them and like missing, we kind of are a group of four. And my therapist was like, well, sometimes you just need to recharge with your friends. Like sometimes you just need that one girl's weekend to like feel refreshed and rejuvenated and remind yourself like how important these relationships are to you. I was like, oh, sister, okay. Like, if you're telling me to plan a girl's weekend, I'm on it. I'm already on mm-hmm. Airbnb. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of the first time, though, that spending time with friends was framed in this, like, self-care manner. Therapist, man, they're life-changing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. And I also agree with, like, the limiting social media one. I feel like It's ironic because a lot of people's understanding of self-care comes from social media, but sometimes self-care is distancing yourself from social media, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So our next category that we're going to talk through is mental self-care. So some things that, you know, you could consider mental self-care are, you know, things like making time for the activities that mentally stimulate you, whether that's reading, cooking, gardening, whatever that is for you, doing puzzles, maybe. (laughs) Um, Not me. (laughs) Learning about a subject you're passionate about. This reminded me of how you're doing Skillshare, Kylie. Like, I feel like that is mental self-care, like exploring something that you haven't been able to in a while. Taking up a creative hobby, um, like me with embroidery. I have a lot Mm -hmm. of fun with my little needle and thread. Um, cleaning the house, you know, because you know that you're going to focus better after you do that. 
making sure your finances are in order. Maybe that's a form of self-care for you. Maybe that's something you get anxiety about. So organizing it in a spreadsheet makes you feel better. Or, you know, journaling, that's something we love to do. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's funny because like almost anything I feel like can be self-care if you think of it in the right like framing. But I know for me, like cleaning is never going to be in that category for me. Like I, I feel like I'm pretty tidy. I guess maybe you said this once in like an episode, I think, but I'm definitely pretty tidy. Like I don't leave clothes around or anything like that. But when it comes to like those deep dive cleans that you have to do like once a month or once every couple of weeks, like really like scrubbing down like your bathroom tiles and stuff like that, like that'll never be like rejuvenating for me. But I know for some people that's like such a good activity for them and they listen to a podcast and they really like it, but I just know that'll never work for me. Yeah, no, you will not catch me with a Swiffer duster trying to dust my stress away. That's for sure. Um, But like you said, I think something like Skillshare, I'm on a two month free trial right now. uh, It's just a way to like kind of like get your brain working. Um, I think on this podcast, we really like the idea of being you know, lifelong learners, even though we're out of college. I mean, I'm still technically in school, but with Anya out of school, you know, we're not trying to not be mentally stimulated and not learn as we go. So just finding those little activities that help you learn a new skill or just feel mentally rejuvenated, I think are super helpful. Yeah. And I think you can definitely get in kind of like a rut when you feel like you're not learning or like improving yourself, or at least that's how I yeah. feel. So like listening to a podcast that may seem like nerdy to some people is self-care for me because I love learning about those topics and things like that. So just think about that for yourself. For sure. So then the next category is spiritual self-care. So this will involve engaging in practices that make you feel fulfilled, whether that's through organized religion, maybe journaling again, uh, meditating, things like that. I think Anya and I both really are, you know, big into like astrology. I know sometimes I will look, I just got the pattern, the app, mm. the pattern. And I've been looking at that because I'm like, for the love of God, why am I feeling these feelings? And I was reading through one of my patterns and I'll tell you what, I felt seen. I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> like I see what you're saying. I see what's going on. But yeah, so whatever it may be, if you're religious, if you're not religious, if you are spiritual, if you like to meditate, if you like crystals, like whatever it may be. Um, Or if you don't, aren't super spiritual, aren't super religious, and you're like, this category sounds like nothing. Take what you want, leave what you don't want. That's the beauty of self-care. Yeah. And I think regardless, like even if you don't follow any sort of organized religion, which like Kylie and I don't, even just like meditating and getting to know yourself and like practicing mindfulness is definitely a form of self-care. Um, and it's funny because this actually came up with um, the Holdet community group I'm in. So if you guys remember, um, Sarah, our guest, I think she was our, she was our very first podcast guest yeah. ever. Um, she works, well, she's the CEO of Holdet and they started these community groups, basically just a way for like post-grad women to connect. So Kylie and I joined and we're in separate groups because we already know each other. So we wanted mm-hmm. to branch out. Yep. Um, and something that came up in my group was religion and like how much of a community there can be around that and I feel like I totally see that like in my friends that are more part of a more organized religion like these youth groups like are their like social circles and like all these things like that so I mean spiritual self-care can take such a literal form in that way but it can also be like to Kylie's point astrology crystals tarot like things that are a little more I don't know eastern or holistic or out there so it's just whatever works for you yeah for sure 
The next category and the last one is emotional self-care. So I think this is also one that's like pretty top of mind on our show, but it's really just about finding the healthiest ways to process your emotions, whether that's through therapy or meditation or counseling or medicine, prescriptions, whatever it is, um, and just making sure to prioritize that. And also, of course, just checking in with how you're feeling and seeking support when you need it. So I feel like emotional intelligence and like emotional awareness is a big part of emotional self-care. Yeah. And I definitely think we want to, you know, stress the point that like things like therapy or things like taking medicine for your own mental health, there should not be the stigma around it that there is. I mean, that's part of the reason why I'm not afraid to tell you guys about different things I'm talking about in therapy because I feel like any sort of conversation that opens that up and breaks that stigma and that barrier down is really important because that might be what's the best thing for you and the best way for you to take care of yourself. So I feel like that's another thing. Yes, emotional self-care is a bit top of mind, but I think there's also been kind of, I don't know if it's a trend, I hope it's not a trend, of really trying to destigmatize um, therapy and more medicinal ways of taking care of your mental health. But moving into how to recognize self-care as a priority and make a time for it, which I think is something that everyone is learning and it's going to change with the seasons. But to start, recognize that self-care is productive and all other areas of your life will be better off when you take time to take care of yourself. This even goes for taking care of the people around you. So when you think about it, like it's kind of the same sentiment as like, how do you expect someone to love you if you don't love yourself? I feel like we've all heard that saying. How do you expect to be able to give your full self and take care of other people if you can't take care of yourself? And I know I'm the type of person that 100% projects my own struggles and I turn it into trying to help other people. And that's something that I've had to like, especially in college, I did it all the time. And I really had to like turn myself around and be like, Am I helping this person because I want to help this person or am I helping them because I think it's going to help me and I'm just avoiding something that I need to actually sit and reflect um, on myself? So I think really kind of changing that dialogue and telling yourself that it's productive and worthwhile to take care of yourself because at the end of the day, it's really just going to improve your relationships. It's going to improve your relationship with yourself. It's going to improve how you see the world and go about day-to-day life and all that sounds good to me. Yeah, definitely. And I guess like emphasizing the first part of this statement um, in that like all other areas of your life will be better off when you make time to take care of yourself. Like I think that's so true. Like I think about like my, for example, like productivity levels at work when I'm so stressed out and so spread thin and I haven't taken a shower like in two days or whatever it is. And obviously like my output is not going to be as satisfying or well done as if I had been taking care of myself and I was going to the workday relaxed and rejuvenated and like ready to take on the day. And of course, there's going to be busy spells in whatever you're doing and you're not always going to have time to, I don't know, do all of these things, but just making time for one thing. I feel like it makes such a difference. Um, So the next thing that I wanted to bring up is this is a quote that I saw on Pinterest when I was looking into um, what we wanted to discuss on this episode and I really liked it. And it said that Learning to take care of yourself does not mean me first. It means me too. And I think that really goes back to what you were saying, Kylie, in that you can never take care of other people if you haven't taken care of yourself first. 100%. Self-care is not selfish. Say it until you believe it, people. (laughs) Um, The next one is you don't need to pick up 
all of these things at once, or I guess this is the next tip. I shouldn't say the next one, but yeah, you don't need to pick up all these things at once. Prioritize what areas of self-care you need the most and focus on those. I think that kind of goes with the sentiment that we've kind of been uh, repeating throughout this episode. You really need to like do a little bit of reflection and figure out where your main sources of stress are coming from, where you feel like you need the most um, support in your self-care routine and figure out which in those five categories or which example would most benefit you. Because at the end of the day, the struggles that I'm going through aren't the same as what Anya is going through and isn't the same as, you know, every single listener that's listening to this episode right now. We all are dealing with different stressors. And so for me, a bubble bath may really help me relax. For Anya, she may need to listen to a podcast and like reorganize her sock drawer. Who knows? But... (laughs) not the Um, sock drawer (laughs) I know there's people out there that are like that's my form of therapy and I see Mm -hmm. you I respect it but yeah so really I think starting your self-care journey starts with a lot of personal reflection whether it be through journaling through therapy things like that to figure out where you need to do the most work on yourself yeah like it's so not a one-size-fits-all thing and I think these categories have made it a really easy thing for me at least to think about what areas like I need to improve upon the most and what areas I feel like I'm the lacking the most. So I think um, if you've never thought about it before, this is a really good place to start. So just thinking about it through the physical, social, mental, spiritual, and emotional way and kind of thinking, where am I lacking? Where do I feel like I need more from myself? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's a great place to start. Um, And kind of to that point, this is actually a quote that I'm stealing from uh, Margot Lee's podcast, Working Title, and it was in a totally different context, but I feel like it applies really well here. Um, It was in her personal branding episode, and I think she asked something along the lines of like, when are you done personal branding? And the guest essentially said like, never, it's like yoga. And I've been thinking about that in a lot of aspects of my life because I feel like a lot of aspects of your life are kind of like yoga in that they're a practice and you don't just like complete yoga. Like you're always going to be improving on it. You're always going to be refining your balance, learning new poses, gaining more mindfulness, getting better at your breathing. Like you you don't finish yoga. You don't win yoga. It's not like that. And I feel like self-care is like that too. You're never going to like get to a day and be like, I am self-cared for. Like, no, I don't think that's going to happen for anybody. I think you're always going to be like improving on it and iterating on it and figuring out what works for you in like different stages of life. And that's okay. And that's how it should be. So don't feel like you need to like reach this like self-care like actualism nirvana place because I don't think that exists (laughs) yeah no for sure and I think you know I remember being told that like things that like yeah there's things in life that you can win and complete but like at the end of the day those aren't the most fulfilling things nine out of ten times like so you're going to be the best person in the world at self-care and then what you have the rest (laughs) of your life to live So yeah, I really like that. And like you said, I think it can extend to a lot of different places. So maybe that's something you implement to your self-care is reminding yourself that life is practice. Life is yoga. And you're just, you're trying to get through. I like that a lot. So then to make self-care more practical, try breaking up your day with little moments of self-care. So maybe you tell yourself that you're going to go for a walk every evening before dinner or turn off your radio in your car when you commute home so you can think, reflect, maybe do like a little bit of meditation as long as you're keeping your eyes on the road. Um, (laughs) Read a book that you've been wanting to read while you're waiting in the doctor's office. Just like little things like that. I know I like to you know, find different things to break up my school day and my like evening when I'm either doing podcast stuff or like just getting my personal life in order. 
Um, for a while, it was the Peloton. Right now, I have been in the habit of kind of watching an episode of a show, but kind of that mental signal and that uh, really small amount of time that's scheduled into your day so that you're like, well, it's only 30 minutes. Like everyone has 30 minutes to do something and you might as well be for yourself. Yeah. And it's funny because I think back to like, I feel like before like prom and stuff like that, you would have like a full self-care day from like the aesthetic perspective. Like you would go get your nails done. You would go get your hair done. You would get your makeup done, all these things. And like, that's what I used to think of as like, that's what self-care is. But the reality is like, we don't always have time for days like that. Um, And so what makes it practical is really figuring out how to break it up and fit it into your current routine. And I think that just brings you to your next thing so much more refreshed. Like for example, I go on a walk every day at some point. I try to work it in, whether it's like during my lunchtime or like I find 30 minutes between meetings or whatever. And like, I always come back feeling so much better and so much more ready to engage and like discuss the topic at hand. Um, So I think it really does make it more practical to break it up and like make it a part of your routine. And it reminds me of um, our goals episode where we talked about like making a system around uh, your goals, like making sure that they're incorporated because otherwise they're never going to be sustainable. So yeah, it doesn't have to be like, I know, for example, like some workplaces give you like self-care days. You don't have to take a self-care day and spend all day like pampering yourself and doing all these things if that's not what works for you. It's just about making sure that every day you are fitting in something that makes you feel more in touch with yourself, I guess. So another tip that I came across is to set a wind down alarm, just like you set a wake up alarm. And it's funny because I've never thought of doing something like this before, but once I saw it, I was like, wow, that is kind of a good idea. So I wanted to share it. And I think for me, the way that I would do this would be to set an alarm, like maybe 30 minutes before I typically go to bed that just reminds me like, okay, now is your time to like wash your face, get in bed, read a book, play Animal Crossing, whatever it is that you want to do with like the last 30 minutes. But I feel like, you know, everyone, I think all of our listeners are ambitious people and they all are working on things probably most of the time. And so it's really easy, for example, like if you're editing a podcast to like get caught up and be doing it until 10 p.m. And then you're like, oh, shit, I have to go to bed. I've worked tomorrow. And you just like roll into bed and you realize you haven't taken care of yourself at all. So I like this idea that like you have dedicated time at the end of the day um, to wind down and do what works for you. Yeah. And I think going off of this, not to bring therapy into it again, but what can I say? My (laughs) therapist is just changing my life over here. I remember I was talking to her and on this day, it was a Monday. I had a particularly busy day and I was like, oh, I don't know. Like I really wanted to like do this, this, and this as like a kind of self-care moment for the day, but I just don't think I'm going to have time. Like maybe I'll take some extra time tomorrow and like build it in there. And she was like, well, Kylie, what if you wake up tomorrow and get slammed with a bunch of meetings or get slammed with an assignment? And now you don't have time for even your normal self-care time, let alone extra. What do you do then? And she was like, don't say push it to Wednesday. Like, cause you, cause the answer, I'm going to keep asking the same question. Like what if for the rest of time you have to keep pushing it? (laughs) And I was like, well, I don't know. And she was like, exactly. Like you just don't know what's going to come in your next day. So you need to focus on now and figure out how to prioritize it now. And I think this wind down alarm is like a really great way to make sure that there's some time in your day that you're taking for yourself. Cause you don't, you don't want to let it all build up and act like, well, I guess I'll spend Saturday doing nothing because you know, I had to keep pushing back my self care all throughout the week. So what can I say? My therapist, she's a genius. She's killing it. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, so then the last little tidbit that I wanted to bring up was I don't remember where I heard this, but somewhat I heard this as a quote somewhere, and I remember it like rocked my world. I was like, "Whoa, I've never thought of this." But the only person that you absolutely have to live with 
for the rest of your life is yourself. Like, think about that. No one else in your life is guaranteed to be there except for you. And I don't mean that in a way that to sound like I'm saying that everyone in your life is going to leave you, but like, (laughs) sometimes you have to think of it that way. Like, what if everyone wasn't there and all you had was the relationship with yourself? Would it be a good one? Would it be something Mm. that you could live with for the rest of your life? So make sure you nurture that. Make sure that your mind is a good place to be. Make sure that you are actively recognizing when you need a break or when you need some self-care because you're stuck with yourself for life, baby. It's like, it's, it's the, what is that called? Like a common law marriage when people are like not actually married, but have been together for a really long time. Do you know what I'm talking about? Or am I making Yeah, but I've never heard it. I've never heard it called a common law marriage. I think that's what it's called. Okay. I don't know. Someone can correct me. Um, but like, it really is like that with yourself. Like you're stuck with yourself for life. So, <laughs> but not legally though, because you didn't marry not, yourself. Yeah, no, but t- <laughs> legally people who are together aren't legally married. I, you know what? I'm just going to throw that's what that. I'm saying. No, that's I'm what gonna, I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> throw that metaphor out the window if you need to. No, I, <laughs> All I'm saying is. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. Be nice to yourself. Um, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, like it reminds me about how some people will say, like, think about the things you say to yourself and like, would you ever say that to a friend? And if the answer is no, you probably need to be speaking to yourself in a better way yeah. because you need to be your own best friend, in fact. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. <laughs> I like <laughs> common law marriage. Better. Let's go with that. Excellent. No more common law marriage. You're your own best friend there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, And then to kind of close out this episode, just a reminder that mental health is health. So in the same way that you wash your hands to prevent getting sick, you need to prioritize self-care in whatever way works for you, in whatever of these categories you feel most aligned with to prevent feeling burnt out, sad, disconnected from yourself. And hopefully listening to this episode is the first step in you revisiting the ways that you're taking care of yourself and how you can improve and feel even better. Yeah, for sure. So for those of you who put... Um, self-care is one of your goals for this year. We really hope that this is sort of a helpful way to start acting on those goals or continue acting on those goals if you've already started them. And yeah, just take care of yourself. Be kind to yourself and make your mind a good place to be because that's, that's all you can ask of yourself. So with that, you know what to do. Follow us on Instagram. I think we'll be posting, probably by the time this comes out, you would have already seen some of the pictures from our photo shoot, which is very exciting. I think we I think we had a good day. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, up, honestly, it was one of the best days of 2021 so far. We did good. Oh, okay. Yeah, wow, sure. that's pretty good, huh? For sure. It was quite, quite cold, but um, I think we got beyond that. It was quite cold, but you know, New England things, what can you do? (laughs) Yeah. So check those out on our Instagram. If you haven't already, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We will leave it on the air. Like we said, we always like seeing what you guys have to say. We'd love to do more of those um, readings. So we'd love to hear your feedback there. Even if you're listening on a different platform, just a little scoot on over there. If you got an iPhone, (laughs) typey, typey, a little review. We'd love to see it. Yes. I think that's everything. Yes, it is. And we will chat with you guys next Tuesday. Have a great week, you guys. 